Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Gray is in there at the running back spot, but Purdy takes an A, and they'll run out the final 17 seconds. The San Francisco 49ers trailed at the half but exploded in the final 30 minutes and have knocked off the Seattle Seahawks 41-23 to to advance to the next round of the playoffs. Jacksonville was down 27 to nothing. And here we go. Man. Madison, the snapper. Cook, the holder. Patterson sweeps the leg. 36-yard attempt. It is good! <laughs> Jacksonville wins it. The Jaguars down 27 points come from behind. The roar of the Jaguars is real. Allen takes a knee and that will do it. The Buffalo Bills have advanced to the second rounds, the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs with a hard-fought 34-31 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Three games this year, all three have been tremendous. It's third and 12, going to Aeneas Jones. The clock ticks, we're inside 30 seconds, the benches will empty, the crowd is stunned, stunned in downtown Minneapolis as the players and coaches meet at midfield a 13 win season for the vikings is all for naught and the nine win new york giants have gone on the road and won in this one 31 to 24. huntley lines up under center goes airborne did he get the ball knocked out he did it's grabbed by the Bengals, racing back down the field. Sam Hubbard to the 50, down to the 40. He's at the 30. Hubbard to the 20. He's going to go all the way. Touchdown, Bengals. And now it's time for Zach Zaidman and Tom Thayer on 670 The Score, always live on the free Odyssey app. In for Molly and Ha on this Monday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. What a weekend of football. An unbelievable weekend, and we're going to break it all down. Yeah, we'll get to the Bears, but I don't want to do one of those shows where we talk about how this relates to the Bears based on what we saw in the playoffs because the Bears are so far away from being a playoff team, it's not fair to have that discussion. But you can learn a lot of things from watching these playoff teams, which I think hold true no matter where you are in the National Football League. Hi, everyone. Alongside the 85 Bear, Tom Thayer. I'm Zach Saban. So happy to have you with us. 
We're broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We'll be taking your phone calls throughout. want to introduce our executive producer, Leo Stadahar, who will be helping us blast through the speakers of your radio all morning long until 10 o'clock. Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for The Athletic, will join us at 745 Kevin Warren's press conference is tomorrow at Hallis Hall. It's our first opportunity to hear from the former Big Ten commissioner now that he takes over as the main man at Hallis Hall. Who is this guy? We'll find out from one of his former stops. Minnesota Vikings radio analyst Pete Bursich will join us at 820. And then, fresh off Cubs convention, Ron Coomer will join us at 9 o'clock. Cubs continue to make moves this weekend, so plenty of baseball talk coming up later on this morning. But, Tom, good morning to you. It's a pleasure to be uh, talking some football with you. And I would venture to guess this is, at least in recent memory, the best wildcard weekend we've had in the National Football League in a long, long time. Yeah, you know, there's a couple different ways you look at this as an ex-player. So I've had all the experiences of success throughout the playoff run and know how exciting it is. Mm -hmm. So I know the disappointment of all the losing teams. And whether you lose at home like the Minnesota Vikings or you lose on the road and you're traveling back on on the plane trying to catch up with every guy knowing that after the exit physicals you're you're out of there. Um, and, I, and I wish that the uh, Tampa – uh, Dallas game was already played, to, you know, because I think that would give us some more fun of a topic to talk about, mm-hmm. considering all the elements that are going to be a factor in the playoff scenario and the NFL landscape, depending upon how that game goes. Um, but it was an un- overwhelming amount of football throughout the weekend. It was awesome to sit there and um, watch. But I also, as the uh, bitter broadcaster in me, I wish that I was at a game in the Bear. We are talking about the Bears playing in a playoff game, and it's you know so far removed from the Bears' record to the records of some of these teams. I'm shocked, but um, you know when I look at the Vikings getting beat um, by the Giants yesterday. And those are two teams that the Bears could have and should have beat at in the end, um, not at the end of the season when they got beat by the Vikings, but earlier. And, you know, what, did Vikings fall to the fact that it was a less than impressive division other than the way Detroit came up at the end of the year? And did that factor in, in the Giants going into, uh, you know, the Vikings stadium and beating them? And, there, they, you know, there's a lot that, you know, so many things happened in these games that uh, – I wish Tua would have played for the Dolphins. Would that have changed the outcome of that game? Um, I can't believe that uh, Brandon Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, allowed those guys to go and take it on the chin after they were leading twenty-seven to nothing. So All right, let's do let's do this then. Let's let's start with the most recent game and then work our way back right. and get your your quick thoughts on each one. I think that's the best way to handle it. 312-644-6767. Then we'll have you guys join us and we'll talk even more football. The the last game last night, Sunday night game between Baltimore and Cincinnati. You know, I wish Lamar Jackson was playing and and you heard JK Dobbins, the running back for the Ravens say after the game, if Lamar plays, we win this game. He didn't play and they didn't win. But I don't believe they win that game with Lamar. I just think Cincinnati is a better team and can do more things and can handle more football adversity 
than Baltimore, and the Bengals won. But it wasn't Joe Burrow with the game-winning touchdown. It was the Bengals' defense so underrated coming up huge as it looked like Tyler Huntley was going to put Baltimore ahead, reaches out on a quarterback sneak, goes up in the air, Walter Payton style, gets the ball knocked out of his hands. It's picked up by a defensive lineman. He goes back 98 yards for a touchdown. Ball game. Well, then they should call that play quarterback obvious because a quarterback sneak is when you take the center quarterback exchange, you kind of take a hesitancy step, see where your crease opens up, and then you dive low into that spot. When you jump over the top and you have all these second-level guys coming at you, immediate response, until that ball crosses the plane, they're going to try to whack, whack it out of the hands of the quarterback, and that's exactly what we saw. I think the the probably the guy that was the happiest after this game and Lamar not playing was the defensive coordinator of the Bengals. But is it, because it's hard formulating a defensive game plan against Lamar Jackson because his ability to ad lib at an instant's notice and turn pressure into uh, a first down or a touchdown run, you know, that does present some difficulty for the opponent, whether you're on the road or at home. And I'm disappointed in everything that's went on with Lamar and now some of the narratives that you're trying, you're starting to hear about him. They didn't even bring him on the game, which is really kind of unheard of. You know, he's gone to every other away game and then they did, they don't bring him to this one. Now, does that mean there's such a mixed message inside that locker room that he's more detrimental to the message and the success of the team inside the locker room as when he's not playing that he is to the team when he's playing? So I hope Lamar gets things settled no matter where it is, because there is no guarantee at this point that it is going to be back with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, But you know, Joe Burrow is an amazing cat. You know, he's got offensive linemen that... Three I mean, of them injured. Right, and and they look like I could still play better than some of them. And Joe Burrow, as he's avoiding pressure immediately every time he calls a pass, and, you know, Baltimore did a nice job. However, uh, Joe Burrow, I think he proved it his last year at LSU um, after he came back from the knee injury and up into the point of the game last night. And, you know, the, the, the kid is a heck of a quarterback, but I still wish Lamar was in that game because I think it would have been an entirely different defensive game plan by the Bengals because now you have a quarterback that you say, okay, if we get pressure on him, he's got a bad shoulder. So let's try to get some hits to him to see if now they have to use their third quarterback. And, uh, you know, but when it comes down to it, it was a 94-yard fumble return that allowed the Bengals to win the game. So it was a heck of a game. And, you know, such a destructive play that was only going to probably cover maybe one foot to the point that it failed in the one foot and went 94 yards the other way. And we can layer this going forward a number of different ways. For example, now Cincinnati has to go to Buffalo. And you know that they've been kind of classy about it after what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Right. And they, you know they're upset with the NFL's decision to not give them an opportunity to have home field advantage. But they believe, and especially before Hamlin went down, Cincinnati looked fantastic. It was a brief brief little point in that game because it was about five minutes. But they were dominating that football game against Buffalo. You know in their minds they feel they're a better football team than the Bills. But now they have to go to Buffalo and play that game next week. 
We'll get to that in a sec. Meanwhile, you've got Baltimore, and you talked about it. Lamar Jackson not even on the trip with the Ravens. He's a free agent. Yes, the Ravens can tag him. They probably will if they can't reach a long-term agreement. But is he their long-term answer at quarterback? I, I think when you have a guy that's your franchise, not with the franchise, in a playoff game. And, and I'm not talking about the injury. I'm not going on the whole Michael Vick riff where Vick ripped him for not playing, said, hey, strap up the knee and, and, and get out there. I think you get into a dangerous area when you start questioning whether a guy's really hurt or not or all that kind of stuff. But I, I do think it's curious that your franchise isn't with the franchise for a playoff game in any capacity. That makes you think something is up in terms of the relationship between player and team. Well, what if, if they do franchise him, you know, over $40 million they're going to have to pay him for the one year, more than he's made in his career so far. But what happens if the same issue presents itself next year? And he goes, hey, I'm on a franchise tag. They're going to, they, my money's guaranteed with, you know, one way or the other. So if I do have some type of injury setback like he's facing this year with his knee, is he going to pull the plug on the season again next year and say, hey, you guys are only franchising me. You're not negotiating with me, so this is it. And let me run this by you because this is where I think the league has changed a little bit from the time that you played. The number one difference is uh, free agency and the money, right? It, it's completely different today right. than, than back in the day of the 85 Bears. And I bring that up because I remember at the tail end of my NFL reporting life, in, in the locker room, players would say that, you know, they, they, there's a lot of pressure on you to go out there and play hurt. But what happens is when it's time to negotiate, the teams don't reward you for playing hurt. If you don't play as well because you're banged up, it hurts you because what do you, what do you always say? The eye in the sky doesn't lie. Right. But it doesn't tell the whole story if a guy's hurt or not. And if you, so the, the thing that people would tell me is, no tape, meaning the video, no tape is better than bad tape when it comes to contract negotiations. And if injuries prevent you from being at your best, this is this is part of the struggle that the players have, part of the issue that players have when it comes to contract negotiations with teams. You know, every single player that I've ever talked to that went in and tried to negotiate their own contract, and I've talked to a few of them, it's that... Are you willing to sit up there and accept all the negative criticism that they're going to tell you about yourself to make sure that it's a negotiated figure? If Lamar walked in and since he's negotiating or he's representing himself, if they just sat there and said everything that he was able to accomplish in his short career, then yeah, you, let's pay him, guarantee you. That's that's it. But they got to sit there and they got to tell him that oh, he's been hurt. He doesn't read these defenses well. He's had these. Uh, you know, a certain amount of games that have been unproductive instead of being a quarterback that is, you know, he has superstar written all over him that doesn't do it week in and week out. So that's a difficult part of it too, is when you go in there and start negotiating for yourself about yourself and you hear some of the truth that maybe they would tell an agent, then you get, you better have some thick skin because I've talked to a lot of guys who've walked out of those negotiations feeling bad about themselves than they did feeling, well, this is the right decision I'm making. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, baseball players when they talk about the arbitration process is you go in there and you have a high number, play, the, the team has a lower number, and you're listening to your team, the guys that are supposed to love you, tell you everything that's wrong about right. you. And psychologically, it's... 
it, it's a big deal. I mean, it can definitely impact you. And yeah, you can say, well, you can't th- take things personal, but you do. How could you not? If, if you hear your boss telling you, well, you don't do this, this, and this, but yeah, but I helped you do this, this, and this, right? Right. I mean, it is an issue. All right, let's continue the, uh, the NFL game here. So then you had Minnesota and the Giants, and the Giants pull up the upset. The Vikings were 11-0 and this season in one-score ball games. Now 11-1 and and out of the playoffs. 11-0 in one-score games means that you could get beat as likely as you could winning the game. It wasn't a sense of accomplishment by the Vikings. It was more of a strategy to hold on until the clock runs out. And I don't I don't you know necessarily wouldn't call it an upset that the Giants went in and beat the Vikings. I thought it was really an evenly matched game um, between these two teams. And as much of an advantage as that crowd was giving the Minnesota Vikings early in the game, mm-hmm. when the Giants were able to answer the Vikings that first drive and go down and score and the, the noise really didn't matter to them, that really tells you a little bit about what the Giants are capable of doing no matter what the environment is going to offer you. So um, I do think it was an evenly matched football game and the Giants' Daniel Jones has kind of proved to the Giants that this is a guy that you better reinvest in because he's a hell of a player. He's got great ball deception in the backfield. He's got the desire and the willingness to run, and he's got arm talent, and he's a super intelligent kid. So I think he's got a bright future with the Giants. Okay, I couldn't help but watch the way the Giants were operating and then bring it back here because I think the the situations are very similar. In New York, you had a first-year coach. That was a team that was supposed to be in year one of a rebuild, right? And yet they ended up in the playoffs and now have a playoff victory and they're advancing to the divisional round. They have a quarterback who's very athletic, who can run and also throw, but the passing game over the course of his career never materialized until this year. Explain to me why that team was able to take off. What did Brian Dayball bring to the Giants? From a scheme standpoint, how did he get the best out of Daniel Jones? And then you compare that to some of the issues that the Bears had this year, the inability to get that kind of production from the quarterback. Well, if you look back at the Giants, Joe Judge created a really toxic atmosphere, fighting with his position coaches, making changes at a a moment's notice, having a locker room that the guys were talking about how self-destructive they are rather than how they're getting better. They had a head coach that was walking around with this tough guy grin when he wasn't really contributing anything to the betterment of the football team. Then he goes and he makes the um, New England Patriots look equally as bad this year as what he did to the Giants last year. So just the change of the message that you get from the top on down. And I, I don't disagree with anything Matt Eberflus has done this year in terms of his message to the team because he keeps saying that all we're doing this year is we're building a foundation to build upon in the future. And I do think they have those capabilities. I think with Judge before they got Brian Dable, I don't think he had any chance to succeed because there was guys looking to jump ship in the and the Giants instead of wanting to re-sign there. In Brian Dayball, if you go ever look at some of the post-game locker room atmospheres, you know you could see the the brotherhood, the camaraderie, just the fun that everybody was having. And it, I, I think, it makes your work life better. It, it makes you happier to walk into work every day. 
And then they also, rather than judging his guys criticizing Daniel Jones for his future, Brian Dayball realized that he had the mental capacities of a quarterback that can ingest a lot of information and improve throughout time. And I think that's exactly what he's showing you up into this moment. And when the Bears were playing the Giants, the little things that Daniel Jones was able to do, like I talked about his deceptiveness in the backfield, his RPO mannerisms where he fooled the defense completely, got edge rushers out of position, then he was able to carry it in for multiple quarterback bootlegs. So I, I just think that the, the coach really changed the working atmosphere and the guys bought into it. Right, because when you look at the New York Giants, yes, they have Saquon Barkley, an excellent running back, but the Bears have terrific yep. running backs as well. And then I challenge you, if you had not watched that game yesterday, most people listening could not name any of the Giants receivers or tight ends. So it's not like they're taking the field with all these glorious weapons around Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the weapon. Saquon Barkley is the weapon. Very And the coach is the weapon. And, and that's something that I, I think when you, you look at the Bears going forward, you can build this thing a lot faster than people say, but... It involves the quarterback being able to take the next step and the coaching staff helping him do that. 312-644-6767. Got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, are you concerned about Josh Allen? Yes, the Bills won. Yes, Josh Allen looks amazing. But there are also times where he makes you want to throw stuff at the television. Ah. We'll discuss next. Zach Saban, Tom Thayer with you until 10 o'clock on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.